This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I am your host, Ben Krakowski, and what I want to go through today is it has now been five years that Brian Gudikins has been the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. And starting in January of 2018, when he was named the general manager, uh, he started off his career in an incredible way. He traded back in the first round to get an extra first-round pick from the New Orleans Saints and then traded up to get his guy in Jair Alexander, who has been a top-five cornerback in the NFL throughout most of his career. After such a strong start to his career as a general manager, many thought Brian Gutekinds had a chance to build something special in Green Bay. And a lot of people still give him praise as a really good general manager because of that first year. But every single year since he has taken over, there have been one to two critical mistakes made that led to this Packers team never really living up to its potential and honestly missing out on the chance to finish Aaron Rodgers' career as it should have with several more Super Bowl opportunities. And honestly, the Packers had the chance to build a dynasty. And what we're going to go through today is just how a couple mistakes can lead to more mistakes, can, can lead to more mistakes. And the Packers really missed out on a lot of talent and an obvious opportunity to get another couple Super Bowls for Aaron Rodgers and honestly still have Aaron Rodgers here in Green Bay. And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is going to be an elite quarterback this year or something. And the Packers made a huge mistake. With where the Packers were at currently, it made sense to trade Aaron Rodgers. But they shouldn't have been at this place in the first place. And let's start all the way back in 2018. And while Brian Gugans did make that incredible trade back in the trade up to get Jair Alexander, uh, it started in free agency that year. The Packers decided to move on from Jordy Nelson as he was declining in his career. And there was evidence of that happening. Uh, but instead of just re-signing Jordy Nelson, they went on to spend a th- to give a contract out to tight end Jimmy Graham, who was about the exact same age, age a three-year, $30 million contract. And so it just didn't make sense to me because, first of all, Jimmy Graham was basically as old as Jordy Nelson. Uh, it was obvious both of these guys were losing a step. Second, that type of money was a pretty high price tag for a tight end or any receiving weapon at that time. So the value was not great. Um, And to me, tight end is is a position that Rodgers has almost never utilized during his career because he hates throwing over the middle of the field. So the use of resources just didn't really add up to me. To me, there was an obvious choice, and that was cornerback Richard Sherman. Sherman was turning 30 years old for the 2018 season. He had been a top 10 cornerback in the NFL throughout his career in Seattle. Uh, The Packers could have signed him to a three-year, $28 million deal, which is what the 49ers gave him, and truly built a defense around him. Uh, There is 
there was real expectation, real understanding that probably that Richard Sherman could play another three years and have a really good, a solid to good impact that entire time. And after signing Richard Sherman, then the Packers could have drafted Jire in the first round. The Packers would have had a top cornerback duo in the NFL from day one of the Brian Goodigan's tenure. Then in the draft, here's what would have happened. In the second round of the draft, the Packers may not have felt the need to draft Josh, Josh Jackson in the second round because now their cornerback position was fairly set with Jair and Richard Sherman. Knowing that, the Packers could have filled either a hole they had at safety or at tight end. The next safety drafted was Jesse Bates to Cincinnati, who's been incredible. And the next tight end drafted was Dallas Goddard to the Cowboys, both of whom have had really good careers so far. Let's just say, based on our roster, the Packers probably would have drafted Dallas Goddard. Now, while this team maybe would not have been a playoff team in 2018, they still would have at least been prepared better for the future with some very important building blocks for 2019. So, in 2019, when Matt LaFleur took over, GM Brian Goons had a chance to totally remake this roster because they had a ton of money open up. And he found some hidden gems. There were a lot better ways to spend that money. And two huge mistakes were signing Preston Smith and Billy Turner uh, over some other notable free agents. Preston Smith, he had that $13 million per year contract right after having a career, career year. It's always worrisome that a player happens to have their best season right before hitting free agency. Preston Smith throughout his career at Washington wasn't even that good though. We're talking about he had a, his best season was a 76.3 overall PFF grade and we paid him top 10 edge rusher money. Okay. The three years prior to that, he was playing at an average level, nothing special. And during his time in green Bay, he has really not done much either. He's had one really good season. And for the most part, for the most part, he's continued to be average. Then the Packers also spent another $7 million a year for Billy Turner, who he's a versatile player, but again, never a player who really added that much than average offensive line play for $7 million a year. That's a ton of money that the Packers could use in so many other ways, in so many other key areas. And at that time, I was begging for that money to be spent on a few other key players, one of which was Shaq Barrett. I was begging for the Packers to sign Shaq Barrett. All the data from his rookie contract in Denver showed this was a guy ready to break out, similar to to Zadarius Smith. And the Bucks took a chance on him, and he did just that in 2019. Shaq Barrett went on to have 82 pressures rushing off the edge, then continued that into 2020 with 92 pressures, 2021, 76 pressures. Getting Shaq Barrett was huge for the Bucks' ability to win a Super Bowl with his incredible play off the edge. I was so in on Shaq Barrett. I talked about that at the time on the podcast that we simply could have given him like a three-year, $28 million deal contract. He would have been happy, and the Packers could have gotten him at a very cheap price. That contract alone would have only cost the Packers about $9 million a year. They still would have had another $11 million to spend in free agency to fill other major holes on this roster. Now, they could have signed, just these are little moves, but these moves are important. They could have signed tight end Max Williams on a one-year $800,000 contract, which is what he signed to go to Arizona. Instead of drafting an unathletic tight end in the third round, who's no longer in the NFL and Jay Sternberger, Max Williams went on to have 
a great three seasons as a backup tight end on the cheap before he tore his ACL um, in the 2021 season. So Max Williams could have backed up Dallas Goddard, who we got in last year's draft. And that would have opened up again. We would have had more depth at the tight end position. We would be forcing the need to draft a tight end in the third round of this NFL draft as well. And then that's just these Packers still have a ton of money. They could have went out and signed Jared Valdir to the roster for the entirety of the season. So uh, when Brian Blaga got hurt, the Packers could have had the depth necessary. Um, and he came in and played, and he played good, but he, I bet you he could have played better had he been in Green Bay the whole season. Also could have signed a guy like Danny Shelton for $1 million. Uh, He went on to have an above-average season. He's really big nose tackle, can help stop the run. And then finally... Along with signing Adrian Amos, the Packers could have signed Jimmy Ward, who didn't sign his contract with the 49ers until free agency opened up. So the Packers could have given Jimmy Ward a one-year, $5 million contract, a little bigger than his contract with the 49ers, and still the Packers would have had money left over. Then, had the the Packers been left with this group of key free agents, then the Packers could have went into the draft with so much flexibility. Uh, And so, at pick 12, the Packers probably would have still selected Rashawn Gary. They would have still had two edge rushers they liked, but Rashawn Gary was their guy, and that turned out awesome. But what if now the Packers had signed two starting safeties in Jimmy Ward and Adrian Amos? Now, instead of trading up for Darnell Savage, they traded up for edge rusher Montez Sweat, like the Redskins did, and simply given up one fourth-round pick. Sweat was my preferred option, but because of injury concerns, his age, many had him lower on the draft boards. And so when Montez Sweat was available at pick 26, uh, the Packers should have went up to get him. Yes, the Packers would now have four edge rushers on multi-year contracts. They would be contracts all with incredible value, except Zadarius Smith probably. But to me, the best defenses in the NFL have huge rotations of edge rushers to keep them fresh. Pairing up Shaq Barrett and Zedarius Smith as your primary starters would have been the choice. But also, on obvious passing downs, Zedarius Smith is at his best when rushing from the interior. Then the Packers easily could have brought in Rashawn Gary or Montez Sweat as the opposite edge rusher. Plus, Montez Sweat is one of the better run defenders on the edge in the NFL. He's easily a top five run defending edge rusher in the NFL. So getting him out there could have made a huge difference at times when facing teams that could run the ball effectively the last few years, most notably when the Packers have played the 49ers. This would have been this would have been excess having this many edge rushers, but also when you have the opportunity to get the best pass rush in the NFL, you take it and you build off of that. Pass rush alone is pretty much what gave the 49ers their big wins at the playoffs the last few years. This would have been a way for the Packers to win games on the defensive side of the football, defensive side of the ball for years to come. Then at pick 44, they made the incredible pick in getting Elton Jenkins. But two of my top players on my draft board overall at number 25 and number 26 were A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Now, Elton Jenkins, great pick. The Packers had <clears throat> not very much depth on their offensive line at all. Um, now, A.J. Brown comes off the board at pick 51. What are you doing as the Packers at that point? Our current receiving depth chart was Devontae Adams, Geronimo Mileson, Al Nazard, and MVS. We needed another dynamic option to this group, and DK Metcalf could have been that guy. And the Seahawks traded up, gave up a third and fourth rounder to do so. The Packers could have done the exact same thing, but those picks would have been even better. Okay, there were a couple picks higher for both of that, both of our third and fourth round selections. 
and the Packers could have gotten a number two wide receiver to pair up with Devontae Adams, having another true threat across from Devontae would have made our offense much more complete. Right there, all in one offseason, the Packers would have had a number two wide receiver in DK Metcalf to pair with Devontae Adams. A solid rotational tight end, Max Williams, <clears throat> on the cheap. But remember, Max Williams is backing up Dallas Goddard now. A solid backup offensive tackle for a full season in Jared Valdir. We already had an average starting right guard on the roster, even without Billy Turner and Lucas Patrick or, or Lane Taylor. So we could have had one of those two guys start in replacement of Billy Turner. We would have had a top four group of pass rushers in Rashawn Gary, Montez Sweat, Shaq Barrett, and Zedaria Smith, with Zedaria Smith being able to rush from the interior on obvious passing downs, a dynamic veteran duo at safety in Adrian Amos and Jimmy Ward. Ward would have replaced what Darnell Savage gave us, a rotational nose tackle to help us stop in the run and Danny Shelton. And then you're talking about year two of Jair Alexander paired up with a fully recovered Richard Sherman, who was the best cornerback in the NFL that season. <clears throat> what a team that could have been. And this lineup still might have struggled to stop the run against the 49ers, but our pass rush, plus one of the best cornerback duos in the NFL, would have stifled the 49ers a few times, plus a more dynamic offense <clears throat> would have been able to keep up offensively with the if the 49ers defense had to respect another offensive weapon other than Devontae Adams with both DK Metcalf and Dallas Goddard. And honestly, Shaq Barrett would have played better than Preston Smith did in that game. Danny Shelton could have stopped the run. Jimmy Ward would have played a lot smarter than a rookie Darnell Savage did. Richard Sherman not being on the other team and being on ours. Plus, same with Jimmy Ward. And given the Packers... That would have given the Packers a real chance. And honestly, with the moves the Packers made the year prior and these moves, the Packers win this game. You have to remember, the Packers would have taken two key players from the 49ers defense and Jimmy Ward and Richard Sherman. The Packers would have had a better run stuffer on the defensive line with our uh, with guys like Danny Shelton and uh, four solid edge rushers. We would have had the depth on... Uh, on the edge, like I just said, to keep our defensive line fresh, we would have had a smarter, more veteran group of safeties, not making silly mistakes. Jair Alexander's our number two cornerback. Richard Sherman's our number one. So many options on offense. DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, Dallas Goddard. <clears throat> to me, it's an easy yes to the fact that the Packers beat the 49ers and could go on to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl with the team I just mentioned that year. Now, so in just two seasons... 2018, we wouldn't have been a very similar team, but 2019, we could have won the Super Bowl. Now, 2020, really, there wasn't much mistakes to be made here. Honestly, I thought the Packers, I wouldn't have redone any of their free agency moves. I, uh, They didn't turn out great, but I wouldn't have done them any differently. But the big thing, and this was a weak draft class as well. And so, really, there was only one key move that was made, and that was drafting Jordan Love over T. Higgins. Okay, T. Higgins has been an incredible receiver. We saw him step up last year when Jamar Chase got hurt. He stepped up and was a number one wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's a massive target, 6'4", 205. And at over his first two years in the NFL, 2019-2020 seasons, if you combine his grades those two years, that would have given him the second highest PFF grade of all qualifying receivers. Okay, 
he played incredible his first two seasons in the NFL and people barely even talk about it. Okay. And he had an above average, he had above 90 elite grade against tight coverage over his first two seasons in the NFL. And Rodgers loves throwing to guys who are barely open more than anything else. I, he, I don't know why, but he loves to do it. Um, Higgins was has had a great start to his NFL career. He deserves to be a number one wide receiver. And in our offense, that would have been a huge boost to this Packers team that already is very, very sad, as you can tell, based off our depth chart uh, the previous year. Okay. And Higgins combined with DK Metcalf combined with Devontae Adams, this three-headed monster would have been impossible to stop. And what Higgins adds compared to Jordan Love is critical here because Higgins helps the Packers add another offensive weapon to help them win the Super Bowl now and later, while Love is only going to help us possibly in three to four years, missing out on taking advantage of that rookie contract. So Higgins is the pick that gives the Packers the best chance to win the Super Bowl in 2020. And honestly, with that trio of wide receivers, again, with that group of pass rushers, that veteran duo at safety, the best cornerback duo in the NFL, there's no way the Packers don't win uh, <clears throat> that NFC Championship game against the Bucks and beat the Chiefs um, Yeah, as well. So honestly, again, and to me, an easy win. So back-to-back Super Bowl uh wins here or wins here for the for the Packers or at least 2020 would have been an obvious win with the way that Chiefs team was depleted 2019 it would have been close now 2021 the 2021 offseason really again free agency was fine but it was that draft okay and in the redoing the 2020 NFL draft I originally had the Packers trading back to get Asante Samuel Jr. But now the Packers have two corners that they love. They still have Richard Sherman. They still have Jerry Alexander. They don't need a corner like they did at the time. I would have them trade back for Christian Barmore. He was the top-rated interior defensive lineman in that draft class. He was an average starter as a rookie, um, and I think he's going to be a good player. Okay, And then, though, this is the big thing. We've talked about this a ton is that the Packers needed to restock their offensive line. They lost Corey Lindsley. They needed another starter at the guard spot. And the Packers went into this draft trying to replace those two spots. And so with their second round pick, they they drafted Josh Myers, and then they drafted Royce Newman later. Over, who I wanted the Packers to draft, who the Chiefs selected in center Creed Humphrey and guard Trey Smith. Josh Myers and Royce Newman were two of the worst stars in the NFL as rookies, while Humphrey was one of the best at his position, even at center. And after two years in the NFL, Creed Humphrey is the best center in the NFL, while Trey Smith, as a sixth-round pick, sixth round pick, has been a solid starter for two years in a row now at guard for the Chiefs. Here, the Packers would have seen a huge improvement in their offensive line. And you can't forget, the Packers would have the best trio receivers in the NFL. With those additions alone, uh, this offense would have been so much more explosive, and that explosiveness alone could have taken them to win another Super Bowl in 2022. They lost the 49ers that year, 10 to 13. That team already beat the Rams just a few weeks before the end of the regular season, who went on to win that Super Bowl. So, honestly, the Packers, this would have been an easy Super Bowl win for the Packers in 2021. So, honestly, 2019, yeah, the Packers might not have won the Super Bowl. Sure, I think they would have, but let's just say they didn't. 2020. 
I think they easily would against that Chiefs team who was totally depleted 2020. Uh, in 2020, they would have beat that Chiefs team that was totally depleted. 2021, they could have uh, beat the Bengals uh, because I think they easily beat the Rams in the regular season, and I think they were just the better team overall. And then 2022. Now, in 2022, the Packers would have won back-to-back Super Bowls, in my opinion. Okay, They would have still been forced to lose Devontae Adams by trade to the Raiders and lost MVS to free agency, but that would have been totally okay because the Packers still had DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, and Alan Lazard on this roster. The Packers would be forced to cut Zedary Smith, but that would have been okay, as the Packers still had Shaq Barrett on cheap price tag, and then both Montez Sweat and Rashawn Gary in the fourth year of their contracts. Fourth, I think, yeah, fourth year of their contracts. Now, the Packers' big holes are the fact that both Elgin Jenkins and David Bakhtiari were coming off of injury. Aaron Rodgers had just signed a big extension, but getting a rookie to develop would be ideal, but it might not be possible. Getting a linebacker to pair up with Devondre Campbell would be ideal because the Packers wanted to play two more more two linebacker sets. Finding another slot cornerback to pair up with Jair and Rasul would be ideal at this point because we just lost, lost Richard Sherman in free agency, his contract had ended, but we did sign Rasul last offseason, plus another safety as Jimmy Ward's contract would be ending at this point. So the Packers in the 2022 NFL draft could have traded back at pick 22 um, to move. That was the Raiders pick to move back with the Patriots all the way back to pick 29 and get an extra third and extra fourth. The Packers then would have picked at pick 29 and 32 because they just won the Super Bowl. Now, with the Packers learning from the last two Super Bowls, they won those Super Bowls because of the amount of weapons they had on offense and the amount of pass rushes they had on defense. They're going to want to restock both of those position groups as guys are going to be up for big paydays really soon. And the Packers would be unable to pick to have all of them on the roster. So they're going to continue to invest in those spots. At pick 28, Packers could have selected edge rusher George Karloftis. He was Kind of average this last season for the Chiefs, but he started the whole year for them at 20 years old. Um, and so I think Carl Loftus can develop into a solid, good edge rusher, especially as he gets older. And then at 32, the Packers would have had the luxury to select Christian Watson. And Christian Watson would have been a first-round pick, which is ideal because you get him on the fifth-year option. He would not have the pressure to be a number one receiver in year one, which I like because you're pairing him up with DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, and Al Nazard. And DK Metcalf, Al Nazard might not be on this team in a year. Who knows? Uh, based off of how the contracts were uh, set up, moving uh, in free agency and those types of things. So there's just no way to know for sure. There's a lot of moving parts here. But Christian Watson definitely could replace DK Metcalf technically if he were to move on. Then, with the Packers' second-round picks, they could have drafted interior defensive line Travis Jones, uh, who didn't play much in 2022, but I really like him as a nose tackle to pair up with Christian Barmore and Kenny Clark. And then left tackle Bernard Ryman. Um, in the third round, they could have gotten safety Kirby Joseph, linebacker Leo Chanel. The fourth round, they could have still drafted offensive tackle Zach Tom, interior offensive line Darian Kennard, and still gotten edge rusher Kingsley and an Agbury, safety Tariq Carpenter, offensive tackle Rashid Walker, running back Isaiah Pacheco, and receivers Samori Torre. So this is the roster we would have had going into last season. So you'd still have Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Isaiah Pacheco, receivers D.K. Metcalf, T. Higgins, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, Samori Torre. Tight ends <clears throat> would have been 
At this point, we would have lost Dalton Schultz to free agency this year. Probably couldn't afford to keep all those guys. OJ Howard would be our guy. Mercedes Lewis. It would have been a weaker group for sure at tight end, but with the four studs we have at receiver, it's not too important. Then here's here's an important part. This is this offensive line. Starting at offensive tackles for us, we would have David Bakhtiari and Zach Tom. Okay. Then we would still have tons of backups. Bernard Ryman, Josh Nyman, Rashid Walker. Okay. Bernard Ryman could have came in at left tackle, same as Josh Nyman did <clears throat> throughout the season because uh, David Bakhtiari was dealing with that injury. Then at the starting guard spots, we'd have Elton Jenkins and Trey Smith with Darren Kennard backing him up. And then center, we would have Creed Humphrey. So right there, that's a that's a top five uh, offense line in the NFL defensively. Now we have Rashawn Gary in year four, Montez Sweat in year four, George Kaloftis as a rookie, Shaq Barrett in the last year of his contract. He, his play went downhill this year, but as a not being the guy, I think he could have still helped. And then Kingsley and Agbury, who we saw have a pretty good rookie season. On the interior defense line, we would have had Kenny Clark, Travis Jones, Christian Barmore. Linebackers, we'd have Javondre Campbell with Leo Chanel. Leo Chanel is kind of your classic run-stuffing linebacker. And Devondre Campbell's more of your coverage guy. So uh, I like this pairing, honestly. Uh, cornerback, we'd have Jair and Rasul. And honestly, with the late cut by the Giants of James Bradbury, I think the Packers, knowing they had a chance to win another Super Bowl, would have been the team to sign James Bradbury rather than the Eagles. And then at safety, it would have been a weaker group, but it would have been Adrian Amos with rookie Kirby Joseph. This team still would have been super dynamic this year. You still would have had an insane group of top four receivers. We would have had the depth on the offensive line to not take such a hit early on in the season when Bakhtiari was not playing and Elkin Jenkins was not yet himself. And we would have been able to overcome the Rashawn Gary injury with several capable edge rushers behind him. And then we would have had the best trio of cornerbacks in the league, stealing James Bradbury from the Eagles. This team could have beaten the Eagles easily. And then the way the Chiefs played in the Super Bowl, I'm not sure if the Packers could have beat them, but I still 100% believe with the roster that I just built over the last four years, it would have competed. And if you were to say, hey, for four years in a row, the Packers would go to four Super Bowls and for sure win at least two of them. That's pretty freaking impressive. That's a dynasty that would have been being built. And the and Packers fans would take that any day over the possibility of Jordan Love being a star moving forward, honestly. We would be talking again today right now is can Aaron Rodgers get us to a fifth Super Bowl in a row, something that has never happened in the history of the NFL. Our team right now with this year's redo of the draft would be with the 32nd pick, not the 11th or 12th, and we wouldn't trade away Aaron Rodgers, obviously, because he would be happy in Green Bay because we would be winning after going to four Super Bowls in a row, winning two of them. You'd have QB Aaron Rodgers, running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Isaiah Pacheco. You'd have receivers. Probably D.K. Metcalf, T. Higgins, Christian Watson. Alan Zard would be gone. T. Higgins is in the last year of his career fifth year option uh dk metcalf we did get the extension to tight ends would be luke musgrave darnell washington zach Koontz. uh we would still have a very deep offensive line david bakhtiari and bernard ryman at left tackle elton jenkins and darian Kennard at left guard creed humphrey and luke white at center right guard trey smith and andrew Voorhees. right tackle zach tom dewan jones jake witt rasheed walker then defensively you'd have rashawn gary and george Karloftis on one edge uh, 
On the other side, you'd have Montez Sweat and Kingsley and Nagbury. On the interior defense line, you'd have Kenny Clark, Travis Jones, Christian Barmore, Addy Adebowari. Linebacker, you'd have Devondre Campbell with Leo Chanel. Cornerback, you'd have Jair Rasul and Keyshawn Nixon. And then probably our weakest group would be safety. This would be a weaker group. It'd be uh, second-year player Kirby Joseph. It'd be Rudy Ford, who had starting uh, time last year, and then Anthony Johnson Jr. So in a weak NFC team, NFC, this team would easily be the favorite. Uh, the Packers would have their chance at going to a fifth Super Bowl for five years in a row. And every time you go, you have a chance to win it all. And with this team, the Packers truly could win it all once again. And honestly, all of this just started with a few little mistakes. But those mistakes pushed the Packers in a different direction. And we can see how everything really could have turned itself around for the Packers and given the Packers a true dynasty similar to the New England Patriots. But now, this time of the Packers that just happened over the last five to 10 years, it's just going to be forgotten and seen as a huge disappointment. And no one's going to remember the last five years of Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay. So while Brian Gutekinds gets his praise, to me, these mistakes building on top of one another year after year led to the downfall of this team overall. And the Packers missed out on incredible potential. And this is why every single decision needs to be, uh, I don't know if criticized, evaluated. And we need to figure out how good is Brian Gutekinds is, and is he really bringing this team in the direction it needs to go? So that's all we have today, folks. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks, guys.